Welcome to One Question Wednesday. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. This is episode 10, where I chat with somatic experiencing practitioner and therapist, Amy Dublay. If you follow my page or follow my podcast, you know that I'm a huge fan of somatic experiencing. I've been practicing it with a therapist for the last couple of years, and it has made a profound change in my life. So much so that I've really tried to incorporate somatic awareness and somatic exercises into my own offerings and into my own daily practice. So there's some really cool posts that I've made on my Instagram about how to start with somatic awareness. And, you know, the somatic sense, you know, getting in touch with my body and the things that my body is trying to tell me, which is what we're doing with somatic awareness and somatic experiencing has just been so profound to me. You know, there were things that I didn't know that I was carrying around because I just was not paying attention to it and, um, you know, numbing it, trying to get away. But in essence, somatic experiencing lets us really make friends and tap into our nervous system and the stored energy, somatic awareness, the somatic feelings that we can carry if we have not fully completed a traumatic event. And that's not just like big trauma, you know, sexual assault, war, violence, shock, car crashes, things like that. But it's also, um, you know, the complex trauma, the things that we experienced in childhood, the things that we experienced in the womb, the things that we experienced before we were verbal. You know, even things like that. I've, I've been able to work through a lot of the emotional aspects of my marriage that I wasn't able to process at the time. So if you have never heard of somatic experiencing, you are in for a treat. Amy does a great job of explaining it and giving a wonderful introduction. And I hope that if you do know about somatic practices or somatic awareness and somatic experiencing are part of your practice, that you walk away from this with um, some new ideas and maybe something new to take into your own practice. So enjoy this conversation with Amy Dublay. So I'm really um, honored to have Amy on the show today. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Yes. And uh, somatic experiencing is my primary modality. And Dr. Peter Levine had been working in this way for over 40 years and is definitely a pioneer in the field and has been my mentor for over 12 years. So thank you so much for acknowledging my background as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the question for today's show is, what are some practices that you would teach to a, a new client coming in to help them um, build their somatic awareness. And there, I realized as I was typing out that question to you the other night that there was um, an assumption that I was making in that, which is that awareness is the place where you actually start working with people. So I would love if I'm completely off base on that, just to for you to explain as sort of part of the explanation, your answer, you know, like how, how, how does that process work when somebody comes to you new? Wow. Well, that's a really great question. And as far as I'm concerned, a question that an advanced student would make, because I, I once had a teacher saying somatic experiencing is not somatic experiencing. And mm. I'll explain what that means. Uh, his name was uh, Steve Hoskinson, by the way. I always like to acknowledge my 
brilliant and prolific instructors. So somatic simply means body, right? So whenever someone says somatic, it means your body. Uh, somatic experiencing is how do you experience yourself in your body? And just like you asked, do we start with the awareness of the body? And the answer is, it depends, you know, on the individual in front of you. I try not to ever make an assumption, but, you know, listening to the language, listening to the intention that the person is coming in with, listening to um, the level of self-awareness that they have or they're telling you that they have is a good indication of how you're going to work with somebody. And again, not assuming anything and not pathologizing anything. So dissociation is our friend. Dissociation is a way that we leave our body. We, leave, we um, maybe go numb emotionally or even physically for reasons that are actually really intelligent reasons. And so I'm never going to try to get somebody to be in their body when they're not feeling safe in their body. So this is a really, really powerful and uh, great question. So thank you for asking. Awesome. Yeah. So, so what would be some of like the beginning type of practices or exercises that you, that you would work with, like that you would prescribe or, you know, help your client with? Yeah. So first of all, I would notice like how much awareness do they have and, and how comfortable are they? You know, how often do they spend sort of in, in their intellectual mind or, or feeling a little bit checked out or spacey? So kind of getting a feeling of the person. And we all are on that continuum somewhere. Like I forget my keys all the time or somehow I end up at a place at a restaurant that I didn't realize like, wait, when did I get here? You know, so that... Mm. So, you know, we've all experienced that on some level. And then some of us are defended in an intellectual way where everything is in the mind. And that's another way of dissociating from our body. But one of the things I would, would do is just see if somebody could notice like the weight, um, you know, from side to side, you know, just asking people to lean from one side to the other side and to, to notice what they're aware of as their weight goes from one side to the other side. Maybe they're sitting and they can feel it in their sit bones on the chair. Or maybe they're standing and they, they can feel their weight going from one foot to the other. And that's a way of helping people like check into their body because, first of all, it's a new language, right? Very yeah. few of us are taught to check in with ourselves in that way. And so we're teaching a new language. So I really take the shame out of um, the answer of, I don't know, I don't feel anything. And it's okay to give the answer, I don't know. And, and to, to be able to psychoeducate, you know, simply educate that this is a new language and it's going to take time and you've probably never been asked to notice your body before. You know, I work, right. with, um, I work with a lot of somatic people in the sense of their profession is working with the body. You know, people that own Pilates studios and teach Pilates for a living. I had this one person say, oh my gosh, you know, this level of shame came up because they said, I own all these studios and I make my living teaching people how to use their body. And I'm not even connected with my own body. And, mm. and it's a different way of being that we're not, uh, it's not taught. It's not, it's not even hardly ever spoken about until now this whole wave of the trauma field, it's starting to come in. And, and a lot of therapists are confused in the sense that they should be asking the person about their body every other sentence. But that's, mm -hmm. not, that's not the answer either if somebody isn't able to connect with their body. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
So there is a whole process, like you're asking, like, well, how do we do that? How do we get back in? Well, first of all, to normalize the fact that it's okay that you're not, you're not able to, or you don't know how, or you don't feel anything, right? Because because maybe it's safer to numb out. And so then there's going to be a process of gentle touching in, you know, feel the weight weight of your body as you walk, you know, from foot to foot. Yeah. I think for me and my experience, um, you know, I, I worked with mindfulness meditation for so long and then coming into somatic practices, um, there, there was a lot of overlap in some of those beginning, you know, awareness stages it was like, Oh, okay. That I, there's already some awareness of my body just from paying attention to my breath for 20 years. Right. Yeah. But once, once I started to pay attention to my body, like you were saying, like a whole new language uh, opened up a whole new uh, world of awareness of things that, you know, I just had been pretty much ignoring during the mindfulness work, right? Just, okay, I'm just going to go back to my breath, whatever I'm noticing. And, but I, 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 I did love how much overlap there was. Like there was, it was already familiar to me to, you know, be able to be curious about what was happening and notice different sensations. Absolutely. And curiosity really is that buzzword right now, along with vulnerability, right? But the curiosity really does open up this childlike wonder, you know, Mm. like, you know, what might happen if I actually take a walk and notice the way the weight moves from side to side? And like, what does that open up? And we compartmentalize a lot, not only through our mind, but through our body. You know, we clamp down in our joints to, to, um, to hold, to contain, to you know, not allow that flow to happen. Because if that flow happens, we just might feel something intolerable. So we might mm. clamp down through our joints. And so as you move through space, as you do breath work, you're, you're, you're allowing those joints to become more buoyant and open up. So you're going to start feeling more too. Yeah. I, I love that curiosity is, is so front and center there. That's, that's wonderful to me. And just a, a wonderful way to frame it to people. Just yeah. being open, open and curious and, and childlike, I believe is what you said. Exactly. And it allows the imaginal. I can disinhibit a little bit here and not take myself so seriously. And my body has a language of its own, you know? There's yeah. Reason. Hey everyone, uh, we were doing one question Wednesday and the call dropped. So we're going to try to do this again and I will edit it together and post. So we were talking with Amy Duplay about somatic awareness and starting somatic practices. A very appropriate uh, drop there when we disconnected. It it is very scary to go into the pain and, and I just brought up physical pain. And and we vanished. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's been funny with this. Um, you know, with 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 my shoulder, it's been something I've been dealing with for most of the year. And we just took my car yesterday to get an oil change, and they said, "Hey, you you need this new um ball, this new ball joint on your on your tire arm." And I said, well, what does that do? And they said, well, it's just like your shoulder. You know, you've, you've got this ball joint. It goes inside and it's really like cracked. And you really need to get it changed because if it 
breaks, the tire just sort of falls off. And I just thought it was so funny that like, that's sort of what they did to my shoulder. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was like, um, you know, metaphorically, it was happening in my external world as well as the, uh, the internal. So that's yeah. funny that, that uh, we, we had the pain. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm sorry. Yes, you were saying um, being checked out and really starting to get in touch with, you know, the weight and being open, being more buoyant. Yeah, well, yeah. even just going with that in your shoulder, like what comes up for you as you share that is something, you know, that's how you touch into to someone's experience and, and, and where they are with their awareness in their body, you know? So, so as you, you recognize this metaphor, whether it's in real time or you had to sit with it for a while, like, is there something that came up for you? It could have been emotional. It could have been a, a, an intellectual realization. Um, yeah. You know, what's really interesting. Thank you for asking that because that reminded me of talking to you on Clubhouse for the first time. And you said something similar. And it was the first time where, like, all of a sudden I, you know, kind of zoomed in on what was happening in my body as I would talk about my injury. And I started to notice that like my voice would start to get a little bit higher. I'd start to tremble a little bit. There was all these very subtle things that if I wasn't paying attention or somebody hadn't pointed it out to me, I might've, you know, completely lost. Right. It was it's like walking past the same place every day and not noticing something that's there. Absolutely. And that circles back to our conversation around language, right? You said trembling. And um, so so the language of the body is sensation, right? So you're noticing trembling or shaking or um, warmth or coolness or prickles or tingles. And so yeah. your ability to notice that there's something trembling in there is, um, you know, it, it's, it's a start. Like it's yeah, I, I actually noticed this and you're not putting any meaning on it. Um, you're not like necessarily putting a, an emotion on it. It's just like, okay, yeah, it's trembling. Let me just sit with this and observe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a really interesting experience, you know, going from working with complex trauma to working with that big T trauma, you know, shock trauma. Um, it, it, it's like familiar in, in a lot of ways, but the, the intensity is so much more, you know, like so much more overwhelming. So um, it's like, I, I guess I would, I would compare it to like, if somebody tells you, uh, you know, tells you about a place you're going to visit. So there's, there's some familiar familiarity with that, but it's nothing like actually being there and experiencing it for yourself. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, it's really transformed the way that, I am experiencing life and able to apply some of those resources that, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, had a different context. It's like, okay, I can use these when I'm talking about things from my parents' divorce or my divorce or, you know, stressful things. Um, but they're not there. They're not happening all the time. And then all of a sudden with the, with the shock trauma, it was like, oh no, these are, this is happening all the time. So it's familiar and I have resources to, you know, to start to work with it and to sit with it, like you're saying, and without judgment, with curiosity. 
Yes. And as you said, um, the shoulder is, you know, the, the somatic part um, of maybe an emotional experience. You brought up not just one, but two divorces. And so um, I'm going to assume there's emotion around that, but without making the assumption, also know that the shoulders are an extension of our heart. You know, the shoulders and the, the, the arms come out of our heart. And so, um, so that would be a direction to, uh, for inquiry, you know, compassionate inquiry, like you know, what is coming up for you and, and, and seeing, you know, where you are able to, to tolerate being in connection with that is how I might work with you. So everyone mm. is different, right? And their um, capacity to be present with their body, but they first need the language. Got it. Yeah. So, I, so if somebody doesn't have the language, it also doesn't imply that they don't have the capacity. Sure. Yeah. It's just, a, it's a matter of more of experience and, and exposure to that language. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely find that fascinating about the SE work is like how much you're able to tap into these really subtle cues, you know, and I know that there's body, body cues that you're looking for, but just, you know, just what you're able to glean from us having this conversation right here, you know, it's, 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 I find it really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it goes into parts work too. Now IFS is taking off in a big way, but right. there, there's so much to parts work. It's, you know, not ex, it, you know, exclusive to IFS, but it's one modality, but the, the, the pain in the body is a part of us, a part right. living in that pain that's wanting our attention. Mm. You know, so, so to be able to tolerate the, the the intolerable experiences that you don't have to relive, but you want to connect to and hear, yeah. And, uh, see what messages there are there, right? I'm so glad you mentioned that because I I was actually going to bring up IFS and I wasn't you know I wasn't sure if we should go down that road. So yeah, that's it's they seem to be so complementary to each other, and especially you know with what we were talking about earlier with that curiosity and that childlike wonder to me that just fits so perfectly with the IFS because so often the parts of us that are holding on to the trauma in our body are very young parts right yeah absolutely and you know these modalities are way of um hanging our hat on a hook to have language but the concepts existed before some of these people, right? Like, I mean, right. a lot of them are founded in bioenergetics and, um, you know, Wilhelm Reich and like, there's there, nothing is new in that sense. So, um, not to uh, minimize any of these founders, but it's also, there's a huge body of work. that's not limited to mm -hmm. Peter or Dick Schwartz or anybody else. Pat Ogden. There's so many brilliant people out there that are uh, doing very similar work, just different language. Yeah, that brings up an interesting thought for me, which is, I, I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody that it's, it's not so much that the information and the solutions aren't available. It's how, how you're, the container that you're placing it in and the sequencing of it and the, the process and the habits that you're building. Um, I often think of this analogy within Buddhism of, you know, these Tibetan monks and, and lamas going over the Himalayas, you know, to, in, to, to visit India and bringing back 
you know, one or two texts, you know, after years of traveling and, you know, risking their lives and years of study and travel, right? And I can just turn on my phone and get hundreds, if not thousands of those teachings, right? Yeah. In, in the snap of a finger. So yeah. it's not so much about like the, these, these, um, this medicine, whatever it is, whether it's somatic work, breath work, meditation, you know, parts work, it's not a matter of the, they're not available to us, but like, how are we up applying them? Cause right. it's all the information's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we all have, you know, the founder of cranial synchro work, Donald Sutherland, Dr. Sutherland, we all have an inner physician. We have mm-hmm. this, you know, organic intelligence, Steve Hoskinson would say that this, this, that lives inside of us and that knows and, and trumps anybody, you know, I don't presume to know what is right for another person, but I'm happy to explore and hold space. And it's a, it's a, an exploration with childlike wonder, right? Into uh, what is your body communicating? And if you can't tap into your body, well, let's work in that direction where it's tolerable for you to be present in the here and now and close some of those windows that you know we have all this realm for survival energy like what if we closed those windows and that program didn't have to operate so that you could have presence here right now and you you could be in connection with yourself and your body and ultimately it's interesting that you mentioned tibetan buddhism because you know i am actually in a study right now with lama glenn mullen who's trans translated over like 35 texts and uh, works closely with the Dalai Lama and, and in practice with him right now. And um, and you're absolutely right. I, I was like, wait a minute, this is a whole way of life. Like, I'm not just going to take this 16 weeks and think that I have a practice or know anything. Like, this is you, you and you soak this in through being a way of yeah. being life. And it's the same with the relationship with ourselves, you know, tapping into who we are and realizing self-realizing who we actually are through the messages of our body but also our emotions and our and our intellect all three right body mind soul yeah i love i love that metaphor of of our you know our, our cognitive and our body processes as windows and 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 having a finite amount of of resources like ram <laughs> so that's awesome well, I do want to be, um, you know, respectful of your time. I know we've asked more than one question today, and um, I'm sorry for that. I just couldn't help myself. Um, if there's anybody in the audience that had a question for Amy before we wrap up, I'd love to um, hear it. You can just type it into the comment box. Um, but while um, folks are thinking about that, where can people learn more about you if they want to work with you? Yeah, well, my practice is pretty full, but my website is wellnessalchemist.com. I'm probably moving in the direction of retreats at some point um, for now. Yeah, if you have any questions, you're happy. I'm happy to answer them by email or you can ping me on my Instagram. I haven't been so active, but hopefully I'll come back and, and uh, spend a little more time. And truly appreciate you having me on, Jonathan. And I know you're doing great body work out in the world as well and just wanted to recap if there's any questions coming in before we do that the primary question is how do we get more in touch with our soma our body and there's 
different ways that work for different people. And again, it depends on your level of safety and how safe you feel in your body. If we don't feel safe in our body, we're not really going to be connected to the experience of it. But also, if we don't know the language, we're not going to be connected to that experience. So one is learning the language, that the language is sensation, that you might feel hot, you might feel cool, you might feel prickly or tingly. And, and so now you know what to look for. Like, oh, I, something feels uneasy. Oh, there's, um, there's a tension in my belly. That's the language. And, and then also to look for what feels right, what feels good in the body. Oh, I took a deep breath. My, you know, when I noticed that, that uh, the, the leaves in the trees are moving and dancing and it made me smile and I took a deep breath and I feel an expansion in my chest. That's a way of tapping into your body. So that was a question you, you started out with. Yeah. How do we become more aware of um, our physical sensations in our body? And that's one way is to look for uh, what is right, what feels good, what feels neutral to good you know, mm -hmm. in our experience. And it could be the way that your shoulders relax when you feel relief or the deeper breath you take when you realize like everything's okay. And so I would just encourage people to notice when they're experiencing a goodness, like a pleasurable conversation or um, uh, a texture that they like. Like in the wintertime, I love to wear cashmere and I just feel this, the, the texture of it and it makes me smile and I feel a, an expansion in my chest. So what can you orient around that, that specifically for you is a goodness and then notice the sensation inside. And that's one way that you can um, start to orient to your body and feel comfortable in the body. Awesome. Those are, those are some great suggestions. Um, yeah. Thinking, coming up with uh, textures, um, thoughts, and just noticing sensations. Um, I love that idea of like the fabric or the texture that you find pleasurable, you know, just having that as a resource. To, yeah, to kind of any, rely on any sensation it could be the yeah. eye, like aesthetically pleasing your favorite color or it could be a texture or a taste or a sound so you could use any of your senses you can listen to your favorite music and then notice if there's a sensation that arises in your body after the song is over mm. awesome well amy i so appreciate your time and for sharing your wisdom and experience with us Thanks, so man. um yeah, I would love to do it again sometime or maybe do a clubhouse room together. I'm happy to. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Mm -hmm. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This was One Question Wednesday. We'll be back next Wednesday with uh, Tristan Victor, who's a men's coach. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And thanks for tuning in today with me, Jonathan Schechter, and Amy Dublé. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode of One Question Wednesday. I hope that not only you enjoyed it, but that you feel inspired to go and practice, you know, go meditate, do some breath work, take an ice bath, or that you feel curious about adding a new practice to your self-development and transformation work. As always, if you can like, follow, subscribe the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, it really helps just making that or adding a review really helps push the show up in the algorithm. And also follow me on Instagram at Blue Magic Alchemy, all one word. 
And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support integrating or preparing for self-development and transformational work, uh, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or on Instagram to set up a discovery call for integration coaching. Until next time, thank you, be well, and keep practicing. <music>